0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Cross-Border Interview Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Christopher Brown. Today's guest is the host of the podcast Passing Time with Craig. Craig McFarlane and I sit down and we talk about his journey to becoming a podcast host, an actor, and his new venture, Pat's Corner. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Cross-Border Interviews featuring Craig McFarlane. First off, thank you very much for doing this. Greatly appreciate it. The preamble, blah, blah, blah. Happy, happy to have you. And as I've just found out, this is your first time being on the other side of the mic. Yeah,
1: this is this is weird for me, <laughs>
0: but I'm all, excited. All out of your control. Yeah. It's all... I don't uh, like it. Yeah. Don't worry, Craig. So, Craig, uh, let's talk first about your podcast. Yeah. Passing time with Craig.
1: Passing time with Craig. How did this idea come about? Uh, so, it came about... I I went to school for radio broadcasting at State. It was always yeah. fun. State. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Starting just, off. Good. Starting off good. There we go. Um, so I went to say for radio broadcasting, and I really enjoyed everything I learned there. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but I didn't go. I didn't end up getting a job in radio because one of the things that people seem to forget about or don't think about is that you really don't have that much control when you get into radio. If you're on air personality, you've got 10 seconds and typically you already have something that you need to promote or advertise so like eh didn't really feel it and uh, and then I went to Toronto for a year I lived in Toronto for a year and I took some classes at Second City and I've tried my hand at acting and I enjoy it and I keep doing that uh, but one of the things I realized is I like to entertain people and I like to have the control which is why me as a guest is weird hey I will try to make sure you have all the control thank, in this interview okay. thank you that's what I asked for um, but yeah I, I went to Toronto for a year and I came back and one of the first things I realized as soon as I came back people were like oh it must have been so great in Toronto there's always something Something going on and I was like yeah but Calgary has that too and then I realized that people aren't talking about Calgary they're not talking about what's going on there's so many artists um, actors web series it's uh, so many things going on small businesses and I thought hey let's Let's do this. So I was going to do a web series interview because I really like being myself and talking to people. Um, And we had our first guest on, Samantha Ferrari. And I was like, this was really long and it was great, but I don't want to edit anything out. And I also realized that people wouldn't watch something that long. This is the world we're living. They won't watch anything that's more than five minutes long on YouTube. If that even. If that. Yeah. But they'll listen. So I was like, let's do a podcast. And so we just, we had recorded the audio as well. So we just released that as that episode one
0: So when you were thinking about when you, when you made that decision To
1: move to a podcast Had you listened to podcasts beforehand? Um, I had listened to a few Not very many So I'm, I'm really old When it comes to technology <laughs> Well you have producers So okay, come I on <laughs> I do So no a big deal um, But yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> You have 30 episodes 31 episodes Sorry Today we'll be releasing 32 I think Yeah oh, yeah. Go. So we got a lot um, But I hadn't really But I knew the people were enjoying them and that they were something that and, and uh, like, friends and family who hadn't listened to podcasts before, they got into mine, which is great, and they're like, oh, this is a cool thing. I'm like, it is a cool thing. <laughs> it's a weird concept. Some yeah. things are
0: cool. <laughs> yeah. Now, had you uh, – so uh, we talked about your friends and family listening to it, but had you listened to podcasts beforehand, and which ones were you – were you trying to emulate a certain podcast that you had heard, mm-hmm. or was it just, you know what, I just want to talk about Calgary and Calgary issues?
1: It, it was very much, I just want to talk <laughs> – I want people to hear my voice, (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was, it was, became kind of this focus on Calgary and Calgary issues. Uh, But what I tell some guests is that even though we're focusing on Calgary and you might be a Calgary based artist or business, Generally, I find that it can still be universal. So my friends in Ontario or, or America or even the UK, like generally, even though we're talking specifically about something going on in Calgary, we make it universal. Even the few episodes that we had about politics, we had the Alberta election one. Uh, it was focused clearly on the Alberta election, but as we've learned over the past few years, that it's all becoming very universal and it yeah. doesn't really matter where you live. So uh, what's the future hold for passing time with Craig? Because
0: you can only certain talk to a certain amount of people before it sort of becomes repetitive. Yeah. And that's the issue with some podcasts that I listen to is uh, how do they break out of that mold of, okay, you're just having that interview person yeah. over and over again. You say it's a universal... Uh, platform, yeah. but how do you make it different from everyone else?
1: So I quickly, in my episodes, was very like, let's let's switch it up right away. So I have, uh, the basic thing I tell people about Passing Time with Craig, like my elevator pitch, if you will, I'm like, think of Oprah's show. okay? The original Oprah Winfrey show. So you give show. away shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to I don't have that budget yet. Okay. <laughs> so hopefully soon. But, you know, you'd have one episode where she had um, you know, a sexual abuse survivor on, and it was very serious. And the next episode, she had Tom Cruise jumping on couch. <laughs> yep. So we've quickly, I was like, let's switch it up all the time. So, um, and and I chose the title "Passing Time with Craig" because it's literally just a way to pass time, and we're just going to talk about stuff. So I've had some people on where we've talked about um, the summer movies that were coming out. We talked about Friday the Thirteenth and supernatural stuff. Uh, we've had we talked about things to binge watch that are like classic stuff Uh, so we've we've really started to right away within probably about episode four or five we had something different than just an actual interview I had my friend on or my producer and we were just talking about something as as opposed to interviewing somebody so I felt like that was kind of the key to set that tone right away. Be like, we can listen to and talk about anything and there's no limits here.
0: Now, are you getting the audience that you expected so quickly? Because uh, if I'm not mistaken, just recently launched, like, last year?
1: Uh, back just in March. March. Yeah, okay, yeah. so earlier this year. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: so are you getting the audience that you want, or are you finding that people are listening? Because I'm assuming, like you, you look at the algorithms, yeah. and you look at who, who, where the people are listening from, and I'm, I'm looking at mine, I'm going, why are people from Australia listening to this? Yeah,
1: I've, I've had a few... The uh, One of the episodes that I also, like, uh, did an Instagram, like, ad for... Uh, I was looking at them, and I had a bunch of listeners, and it was based—it was Dirty Laundry Theater, so it's a Calgary theater company. But uh, I had like several listeners from the UK. <laughs> I was like, oh, "That's weird," but yeah, it's—it's it, it's an odd thing, but. I like it. It's good. (laughs) Hey, that's all that matters,
0: as long as you're enjoying it. Now, let's talk about something you did bring up uh, uh, before, in in our short seven minutes, what we've been talking so far. Um, Acting. Yes. You are an actor as well. Yes. So, uh, when you think of Calgary, when I thought of Calgary, because I'm originally from Ontario, you didn't think of uh, the budding uh, uh, entertainment world of Calgary. You thought of Vancouver. You thought of Toronto. Yeah. So, how how is it to be an actor in Calgary, and how do you pitch yourself as an actor in calgary
1: it's definitely interesting um and that's why i did go to toronto was to get the acting um but then i you know i miss my friends and family and uh, i did not really like Toronto. uh shocker <laughs> I lived there for nine months yeah um but one thing yeah so I always refer to people and say that um, Vancouver is very much the, like, Hollywood, and Toronto is the New York, like, and similar type of people live there, too, but that's the scenes. And when I came back to Calgary, I found it was easier, A, for me to get an agent, and B... There was a lot of opportunities here. There's a lot going on. Uh, But one of the things that I've also been doing lately is helping to create. So I'm, like, writing a lot of stuff, and I want to do web series and short films because it's all here. And uh, it's great. There's so many people here. And, of course, the budget just got cut, so we're losing some money for that, which... Is, this is the tricky part about being an actor, but clearly also having a full-time job because I need to pay the bills, is uh, it's hard to, yeah, you want to do stuff that's free, you want to, but you can't always do that because you're like, I've taken off several days of work this month already, I can't. Afford to do this. Luckily, I've got a great job, and I um, I'm a bartender, so I can work at night, and I can you know like today I don't start till five, so I can flex your time. I and- can do a lot of stuff before actually going to sh- to my shift, but. Not everybody has that luxury, and it's definitely tough. Uh, but was I, there ever a time that you thought I need to not
0: act and I need to find a job? Yeah, yeah. Not well, a job because you do have one, yeah. but a typical nine to five job.
1: Well, and that was one of that was one of the other issues that I had in Toronto was uh, when I moved there. It's freaking expensive. Like Alberta is expensive, but it's very fucking expensive. And one bedroom apartment can run you about two thousand dollars, three thousand if you live right downtown, yeah. in Toronto. So I was living, um, I found this house. It was, only, I was only paying 500 bucks a month oh. for room in this house. It was four bedrooms and there was like five of us living in there in tiny room, tiny kitchen, tiny, well, our living room we never really used. And so I was just in my room all the time. Uh, it came with a mattress. <laughs> so I was sleeping cause I just moved, like I moved across the country. So I just had a mattress and, uh, yeah, it's expensive. So, I had a full-time job. I was working at uh, the Disney store. Uh, don't know if I can say that. I do. Hey, hey, if they want to sponsor, go right ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so, I was working at the Disney store, and I was working, like, full-time there. And I and I was getting distracted from getting acting gigs because... I do have to
0: ask, which Disney store? Yorkdale? Uh,
1: no, no. I was running the Eden Center. Oh, okay. Toronto Eaton yep, Center, yeah. Yep. I know quite well. So, I was there, and I was working, and then they... They gave me the, like, uh, I don't know, receiving. So I would, I, from Monday through Thursday, or Monday through Friday, but I had Tuesday off as well. So I worked four days, um, but I had to be there by 5 a.m. And and then i get, so I'd work a full day, and I'd get home at two thirty three o'clock, and I was just tired. Yep. So I just basically did nothing. Uh, so it was really difficult because... I couldn't... Really, I moved to Toronto to become an actor and proceed like follow those dreams, but I couldn't really do that because I had to pay the bills. Really, so when you decided to move back to Calgary, was that was there a moment in
0: that time when you were deciding that to go, okay, maybe acting's not the right way, or were you going, okay, you know what? I was making it better back in Calgary and I might have a better opportunity in Calgary because it seems like every actor and their mother wants to live in Toronto or Vancouver. Yeah,
1: there was, there was a lot. Uh, of things that happened and uh, one of the things actually is I was I had someone took took me to the UK and I was over I was over in the UK on this trip and as I was kept being like I can't wait to go back home and tell everybody about it I was realizing that I kept picturing Calgary and I wasn't picturing Toronto so I was like oh that's probably telling but then I was like yeah this is not I was like, this isn't really working out. I was like, and I think I could find it in Calgary. And when I went back to Calgary, it was like, holy shit! Like, yeah, this is a real opportunity. And uh, yeah, like I said, even easier to get an agent because uh, Toronto—they've got so many. And the way agencies work, um, so people don't get scammed. You don't have to pay anything. They just take a percentage. Yeah. So... The ones who say,
0: hey, you pay me $10,000 today. Yeah. I'll make sure you get four different auditions yeah. next
1: week. You don't have that. You have an actual agent who only makes money if you make money. Yeah. Which is great. And that's what really helps you as an actor. But, uh, you know, they were like... I, I was like, oh, I'm in Toronto. Why doesn't the agents aren't getting me? Because they have so many clients already. And they're going... I I'm not going to make money off of you because you're another white guy who's in his 20s. And that's totally fair. And I get that. So I was like, mm, but Calgary, <laughs> they want customers, they yeah. want clients. Uh, so it
0: seems like, in just in the last few, uh, I'll probably say months, I've seen more and more uh, big Hollywood stars coming to Calgary and doing films, and they're always looking for extras, yeah. right? Because I think Paul Rudd was here to do Ghostbusters. I think.
1: Uh, right I was in- trying to become friends with Paul Rudd. I <laughs> I saw that on Insta- Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was trying real hard, but he doesn't Ooh. have any social media, was not he? No. What kind of actor in this day and age? Uh, I know, so it was really difficult because people were like, "Have you tweeted at him?" Like he doesn't have, so I had to like take other people on it. I take <laughs> Evangeline Lily at one point. I was like, "Hey, hey can, can he- you help an Alberta now?" <laughs> uh, but you see more and more
0: people coming to Calgary, and like you said, the budget just got cut, so that might be changing over the next few years. But do you find that? people are flock, starting to flock to Calgary? The people from Toronto? Because, yes, Toronto is that New York, as you say, um, so there's always going to be fil- uh, films made there because it's cheaper to uh, yeah. film there. But more and more people are coming to Calgary now, so do you think that's a positive for Calgary? and Do you think that's a positive for actors like yourself who are trying to break
1: into, say, quote-unquote, Hollywood movies? I think it's great, and I think we need it. And... and- We've had it... I mean, Superman... The original Christopher Reeve Superman were filmed out here. Uh, and and then... didn't have, We had a few things, a few Westerns, a lot of Westerns. <laughs> um, you watch it... If you watch a Hallmark Christmas movie... It's filmed in a it, mountain here. You're like, oh, that's Calgary surrounding area. Or there's one I was watching and I was like, why did I know that? Oh, it's the Bay Downtown. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh- where did the acting bug
0: come from for you? Was it something that your mom and dad instilled in you? Or was it something that you saw and you went, I want to do
1: that? No, you know, I I love movies, and I just, like... Well, to let's them. be
0: honest, you love Disney movies. <laughs> <All> <laughs> because if you look at your Instagram or Twitter feed, it's I love Disney movies.
1: <laughs> it's a lot of Disney. A lot of Disney. Um, I've worked at two Disney stores, one here in Calgary and one in Toronto. And I also worked whoa, at whoa. Disney World. A Disney store in Calgary? <laughs> yeah. What? South Center. No, at Mall? No. Yeah. Really? Yes. Don't have to go to Edmonton then. It used to be at Chinook, um, and this was back when uh, the children's place owned it. For a while, Disney's actually sold it, so it was, <laughs> this is me. I know everything about Disney. <laughs> hey, I'm um, good, because I, wouldn't, I didn't know there wasn't... So there was one at Chinook, and for a while, there, the Disney stores were actually owned by the children's place, and they were like... Right into the ground, like not great. They were not great whatsoever. And Disney, when they had some more money, when things were going good, just before like a few years before Star Wars, they're like, we should probably buy these back because if we've got our name on them, it should probably be good. Yeah. <laughs> so they bought them back, but they didn't have one at Chinook anymore and Chinook's basically because the people who ran it uh, didn't pay a lot of bills and didn't pay some rent so oh, they okay. were basically like no this is not never happening again you're not coming back even though it's Disney and like Disney store at Chinook would be huge yeah make a lot of money
0: so going back to your act your yeah. uh, the bug that got this, this ask my
1: in. life I just go on tangents <laughs>
0: hey <laughs> about, that's, about that's Disney the best <laughs> type of guest
1: is the ones that go on tangents okay. I mean yeah right you could have the ones that just like pulling teeth like come on say something oh please. I've had a few of those <laughs> oh <that's>
0: great. <laughs> really, it's great really you think it's been like two hours but it's only been five minutes
1: oh I like, had one episode <laughs> and I was like I can't stretch it out anymore I think it's like 16 minutes long because <laughs> I was just like I'm done yeah <laughs> can't do this and I even told him
0: before we went into the podcast and this is the tension that we're going on this is what we're going to be talking yep. about and I usually don't give the questions beforehand but he was nervous he's very he's a very nervous person so we started talking and he you could just see the sweat pouring off of him, right? And I'd ask him a question. He goes, because I
1: like friends. And I'm like, and? And okay, that's it. All right. But anyway, back to acting. Back to acting. Um, Yeah, I don't know. There was just something about it that I really enjoyed. I watched these movies and uh, they really, even as a young child, I was like, realizing how much they affected me and stayed with me and I just loved it and I enjoyed I enjoy making people laugh and entertaining people so while I like to do serious stuff and I'm not opposed to any of that I just realized more and more that there's a lot of um Ugliness in the world And I was like Hey if I can make people laugh Like I really enjoy that And so I got to You know I've been an MC at weddings Probably about Five or six times Um, I've done stand up comedy once uh, And I've hosted various functions That people have had And it's a lot of fun And I just like entertaining people And uh, You know I get a real Kick out of people Enjoyed me. <laughs> so
0: who were who, who, who the actors or actresses that you looked up to when you were growing up and said, you know what, these are the type of actors that I want to play. The diverse actors who can play the, those comedic roles and those dramatic
1: roles. Um, for 100% it is uh, Robin Williams. Like when he died... Like, I've lost a lot of people uh, in my life, but... uh, And, you know, so it's nothing new to me. But as an adult male, when Robin Williams died, it really affected me. And that was one of the things that kind of triggered me to be like, I should consider going into acting. Because it just... He just was everything he was just hilarious and some of his dramatic roles people don't really think about his dramatic roles very much but like he and he still added some humor into it because that's who he is but like like Awakenings and The Fisher King are two fantastic movies of Robin Williams that people don't really talk about or know um, but both I think if I'm not mistaken both Academy nominated yeah, 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 roles yeah they're great um, Awakenings is now on Netflix if you haven't watched it yet I, this is my like telling everybody to do it because uh, it's also starting Robert De Niro and it's so flipping good. I'm just trying to remember if I've seen that. Is that the one where De Niro plays the patient? Yes. Yes. And, And and Robin Williams is the doctor trying to help him. And it's it's just amazing performances from everybody. And then De Niro, yeah, gets better, but he's basically been uh, not comatose, but yeah, he's not been able to speak or really move for a long time. He got like polio as a child. Yeah. And then they try these remedies and he gets... So his mom's excited to have him back and and he is really excited to be back. But then he discovers this female uh, visitor of, of, of another patient and they become close. And the mom's like why won't you spend time with me? And he's like, really? Cause he hasn't been able to do anything since he was like 12 years old. Yeah. And he's discovering women. Uh, so it's just, it's a very interesting story, a great story, but I loved it. And, and, and yeah, Robin Williams for me is just, he's it all like, he, and, and the pain and torture that he had. And, and one of the things that the past year, I've definitely been more focused on like mental health and wanting people to know about it. And, uh, you know he if there was anything that could come from his loss was that like look he was Funny, and you you know, we all laughed at him all the time, but he was in so much pain that yeah. he hit it and he wasn't talking about it.
0: Now, let's talk about some of the, and yet again, this is IMDb for you. <laughs> the, the, uh, I don't say the credits that you have on yes, your resume. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, the one that I saw and I found very interesting because it, you were nominated twice for this is Dylan's, uh, Dear Dylan? Dear Dylan, yes. Yes. Yeah. So, tell
1: me about that and how did you get involved in that project? Um, so that was. Is that in Toronto? That or- was in Toronto. I think it was just Kijiji weirdly enough I would just like I would go so people can go on Kijiji and there's like ads for people like it's more of these low budget things so it was this low budget um, thing I think I got paid like 50 bucks for it it's great loved yes. it <laughs> um, but uh, yeah it was it was this fun little short and it's been nominated for a bunch of things and it was making its short way around all the film circuits and it's, it's just a couple minutes short but basically uh this girl breaks up with this guy, and uh, she writes him a letter, so the voiceover is the letter, um, and he's heartbroken, and he, and then the inter shots with uh, the new happy couple, which I'm the new happy couple, <laughs> and then at the end, spoiler alert, I die. Whoa. He kills us. So. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, I don't need to see that now. <laughs> um, but you've done a few other shows as well. But there's one that I I, I was trying to I was trying to even pronounce the casual
1: libationist. Yes.
0: Oh, the, what is that about? The, because I tra- I saw the poster and was like, it's just a couple of
1: guys drinking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still on YouTube. He hasn't. It's it uh, was done by Mark, who became a good friend of mine. Um, he hasn't done any for quite a while, but because it. Became came a lot. It was a huge undertaking, but it's on YouTube, The Casual Libationist, and basically what it would happen is he had uh, three different sets of people, uh, and they would try four beers in the episode, and he would just, like, intersplice them. So we would go to the, his place, and he would record, and I basically got four free beers in an hour time that I had to drink, <laughs> and it was just so much fun, because it was all kinds of ridiculousness, and he just let us... and. He, He kept bringing me back. Like, he'd switch people out all the time, and I was on, I think, the most episodes. You were on 10. Yes. Hey, I I do my research. You do your research. Well done, sir. Well done. Former journalist here, okay? (laughs) So I don't go in blind interviews. So we, we, yeah, we did, I did 10 episodes, and it was a lot of fun, Um, and I just got really drunk, and he would be like I was like why do you keep letting me come on! he's like because I can always count on comedy for you like <laughs> and I would just say the most ridiculous things like I made a point to be like let's just push the envelope yeah and that's what I do I, I like to say the stuff that cause for me I find it I find it ridiculous that people can be racist, sexist, homophobic. Um, like, I, I don't understand how people can actually be that. So, I find it hilarious.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Explain, because I, I'm trying to understand that. Because in the PC world that we live in today, if you say that, well, we just elected a prime minister who yes. wore brown blackface. Yeah. And seems like Ontario and Quebec were okay with that. at um, West not that much. But... In a world that is PC,
1: why push the envelope? I push it in a way that's like, to me, if someone's going to make a joke, like it should just be a joke. And it needs to be a proper joke. Like, I don't want, like, you, like, there's been some jokes that go out there um, and people get in trouble for because and I think it's because that's not proper they didn't do it smartly (laughs) so that's the key (laughs) yeah and I get get that and this is
0: this actually enters into a good part of the conversation because next week we have women's week on the podcast nice we sit down with different women from different backgrounds and we talk about issues that are facing women and one of the issues that we talk about right now is the Me Too movement and one of the uh, guests that we had on said uh, we live in a cancelled culture If you say something wrong, you get cancelled. Kevin Spacey, Bill Cosby, so on and so forth. So, yet again, that's the extreme
1: because they harassed and sexually yes. molested people. Well, I guess a great example and women's week Roseanne.
0: Yes, exactly. Say something wrong. You yep. can get canceled. So do not fear that if you say something wrong out of show on Twitter and I, I, Hey, 2015, I was the poster child for that. In September 10th, if you look, if you Google my name in peace river Westlock, you will see what I said when I was drunk one day on Twitter. <laughs> I'm it, going to, <laughs> it, Hey, don't worry. Yeah. It's, it's something that I have to live with for the rest of my life. Um, um, in today's culture if you say something wrong you're done yeah so how do you how do you balance that act because if you might think it's funny someone else might not
1: yeah well and this is this is definitely the problem like most of the jokes that I do that are like again I considered edgy considered edgy um very quick to read a room okay um so i know who i'm saying it to and there's people that i wouldn't necessarily joke about certain things with because i know that they wouldn't take it but um honestly one of the things this is all gonna sound ridiculous and i love it uh <laughs> hey <laughs> I, just, I just see the headlines now um but honestly one of the things people have said to me like like you're luckier you, Craig, because you can say that. And it's because I, you know, am this Disney love child. <laughs> I'm just this happy-go-lucky person. So then when I jokingly say something... <laughs> they know it's a joke. Yeah. I can, I can say it. It doesn't make it right. And if, this is the wrong of the world right now. Yeah, is and that, that's what I was going to get into. Is that how can I say this and somebody else can't? Um, but I think most people who know me... Uh, are getting this, like, well, he's not, like, I make jokes about how, like, ridiculous and awful, like, the gays are. I'm a gay man. <laughs> and I do it in a way to be like, oh, God, the gays with their agenda. <laughs> Which, to be fair, but they you, do. <laughs> um,
0: hey, I recorded a podcast <laughs> two weeks ago. We released it, and I got my first hate mail. <laughs> so, yay. Congratulations. From a gay man. Oh. Saying that I'm not a true gay man. I didn't know oh, that. I, did, I, don't, I don't know what a true gay man is and why. I don't, but he said I should shut down the podcast because I'm not doing the gay uh, agenda. Yeah. Anything good because I'm not the one who's going out there with a picket uh, sign saying, "Hey, we need yeah. our rights." Just not me. Okay? Everybody's different. Exactly. But anyway, when you when you say that as a gay man, you can say uh, stereotypes about the gay culture, but a straight man can't. Do you find that you can't say things about the straight culture because you can't identify
1: with what they're going through? Um, yeah, and that's, I guess that's finding that balance, um, or I don't even know if balance is the right word, of like, just, you know, I, I never want to make... And, again, I just find it, like, ridiculous that people can feel hatred and, like, truly believe these things Mm -hmm. that I'm joking about. Um, But, I don't know, I guess I don't really make fun of the straights. They make it fun of themselves, all right. So they elect Donald Trump. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, I like to throw out a good Donald Trump joke all the time. <laughs> it's something that, yeah, at least you're going
0: to get a laugh yeah, with no yeah. matter what. Even oh, if yeah. the punchline's just Donald Trump, you know it's going to get a laugh.
1: So it's. I also host um, trivia or bingo every Wednesday at uh, Revival Brewcade, and uh, way, to, way to plug your bar. <laughs> I know I'm, Revival Brewcade, England. Um, but I host that, and uh, you know, and it's me, and I'm allowed to drink while I'm doing. So I do make jokes and I'll throw in like a Trump joke and people will generally laugh. But I am always hesitant because I'm like craft beer and in Inglewood to make a Kenny joke. Like, feel like most of the people who come in, I become regular, they're regulars and I become friends with them and I get what they're going for. So I feel like it's okay to make a Kenny joke. But at the same time, I'm like... Ooh, hashtag Wexit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who I can make fun of at this point. Well, who yeah. aren't going to beat me up. So, and don't realize that they're like the head bartender is gay. <laughs> that's the fun part. Well, the,
0: and I, I don't want to think this is taking so many turns. But I love it.
1: Great. Love it. We're talking about the casual libationists and now here we are. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And that's
0: what I want in this podcast is just an honest conversation between two yeah. people just ha- shooting the shit. Yeah. It doesn't have to. It, it can start structured and then by the end of it. It's all completely, what the fuck did we talk about? Yeah. So, in today's culture, and I hate to I hate to say it this way, back in the 70s and 80s, you could tell, and I don't want to say this because I know I'm going to get hate mail, and if you do, send it to cross interviews.gmail.com. <laughs> in the 70s and 80s, you could tell who was gay, who was openly gay, yeah. right? In today's culture, you can't. Yeah. So, it's very much in a... You walk into a bar, you can't tell your waiter's gay or your, the bartender's yeah. gay. So, in today's culture, we now live in a society that goes, "Okay, it's okay to make fun of gays because everyone's open about it and they're not completely honest. They're they're op- they're open, so why are they hiding it? So we're just going to make yeah. fun of it no matter what." And that's from a straight culture. So as a gay man, when you look at people who say, "Oh, gays are this or that," and that, do you go, "Well, you know what? We're not." And then on the other hand you say, well, I'm gonna go make that joke or make another joke yeah. about the gay culture because you have to balance that, right? To- I'm kind of being an activist here and I don't wanna be an <laughs> activist because I hate it. But do you do you balance that where you say, Okay, I need to make sure people know I'm gay, but at the same time, I'm okay with making fun of the gays. So
1: I've been I've been talking about this a lot lately because uh, I, I I recently I was, after work, I had, was hanging out with uh, my two bartenders and their boyfriends, uh, and so there was the five of us, and it was, you know, couple tar- talk started coming up, and it was very heterosexual couple talk, and I was like, this is my life, this is what happens. Um, and then I got into an Uber, and my Uber driver was super friendly right away, super nice, um, talking to me nonstop, uh, but he instantly started referencing, like... Girls and be clearly like just wanted to chat with another dude about girls and uh, I was like oh, great this is. Do you ever closet yourself? So I wasn't saying anything at first. I was like uh-huh, yeah, and but he kept deliberately like saying stuff. I was like this is getting ridiculous. So I was like well, uh, I mean I don't know like. I mean, my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. And and then he stopped. He stopped talking to me, and he was silent the entire time, the rest of the drive. And, uh, you know, he pulls up to my apartment, and and I get out. I'm like, thank you, and, like, no response. And so I I posted on Facebook about this, because especially right now where there is a lot going on in the world and there's a lot of division. And uh, people not – I've got a lot of – my family's from Alberta, so I've got a lot of Albertans who voted Kenny. and a lot of social and, conservatives? Yeah, a lot of conservatives. And they don't understand they they that there is this stuff going on. And this is the thing that I have to come out to people all the time, even just an Uber driver. <laughs>
0: So when you get
1: on stage And you
0: do your If you I'm assuming you still Go on stage yeah. And do a stand-up comedy Do you open with that Or do you Just let people uh, Get that information As you're talking Because That's the That's the Unknown is yeah. You just openly say Hey I'm a gay homosexual Like you're, you're here to see A gay homosexual Or do you say Okay you know what I was
1: out with my boyfriend Last week if, if, if it's part of it Then I think It works And I'll say it Like to make the joke If it's there But I, I don't know. I am trying to... The past year... A year ago... I'm going to get all kinds of everything. But a year ago, I... Uh, like a year ago on October 30th, I lost a friend to suicide. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the past year, I've kind of taken it upon myself to just be more o- honest and open and talking about things. So I, I'm known as the lovable kooky sidekick Craig, uh, but uh, I'm now like, no, I'm going to talk about everything. So I'm talking about struggle. So I'm talking about mental health. I'm talking about um, things that I have to go through as a gay man, as having to come out all the time that straight people don't seem to realize. And so I am... I used to be less... Talkative about my sexuality. I actually came out late in life because I didn't... I, I have an older brother who's gay and I saw that he had to have the discussions with everybody and I was like, I don't fucking want that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gay. Pass the potatoes. That's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the true Thanksgiving tradition. <laughs> exactly. So... I came out later, and now, and I didn't talk about it for a while, and because I was like, "How is everybody going to treat me?" But I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> I'm Craig. I'm I'm not a gay man. I'm Craig. Okay, and I,
0: I asked this question because you, you you touched on a subject that I asked person before you. Um, do you consider yourself a Canadian, a gay Canadian, or a Canadian who happens to be gay?
1: Ooh.
0: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> because for me, and I, I'll tell you this, I am a Canadian first who happens to be gay. I don't... Being gay, for me, is not something you have to wear on your sleeve, right? You don't need to go out. And like I said, I'm not the activist gay. I don't go out. So when I asked that to him, he said, is there a difference? And I said, yes, there is a difference because as a gay Canadian, people will go out, uh, go to pride parades, which I think I've been to three in my life. Uh, I came out relatively early to myself, but I didn't come out to my family till 18, which is another topic just in itself. (laughs) Um, But... He said he was a gay Canadian because he was the activist type. So when I sit down with another gay man, I say, okay, which one are you? Because it tells me you're willing to go out there and pick it or go out and be the activist, or are you the one who says, you know what, it's not something that I wear on my sleeve.
1: Um, You know what, I feel like I'm actually taking it to a whole new level. I think I am... A person who is a Canadian gay man. Okay. Um and it's just I'm just this person. And then being Canadian's part of it, being gay is part of it, being funny, talking about mental health, um work for Disney, love Disney, love movies, actor. It's all this little parts of me but I just am Craig is really what it comes down to. <laughs>
0: So we're going to go full circle here. Full circle. This, this is how we do it. All right. So, as a gay man who's an actor, do you feel like you could get typecast? Because and I and I didn't I didn't know if I should bring it up and I didn't want to, but on IMDb, to your credit say gay waiter and gay yes. student yeah. so I was like is he gay because I didn't know right yeah. Yeah. so it was one of those questions like okay should I ask should I not ask but you brought it up so I will ask so can- do you feel like you will get typecast because in Dear Dylan
1: you get the girl yeah Um. can I just point out how ridiculous it has to be that I was gay waiter and gay student <laughs> yes. I wasn't even just waiter or student I had to be gay yep <laughs> Um. Which, which, and I thought, okay, I've never seen this show, so I don't
0: know if it's, like, there was, like, it was a gate bar.
1: <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was the web series Hog-O-Gram. Um It was fun. It was great. But, uh. Like, did you
0: play it? Like, did they say when you walked in, we need you to be gay? Or did they say, be a waiter, here you go?
1: It it was part of the scene. Like, I kind of was flirting with this guy. Okay. (laughs) Um, And then the student part was like a dream sequence where teachers talking about, like, telling a class, like, it's not rocket science. It's This is what men are after. And and so people are asking questions. And, uh, like, the girls are asking questions. And I'm like, well, what about me? And he's like, oh, same thing. Rules still apply. I just wanted to... (laughs) Um, So, you know, for a while I was like, I don't want to be typecast. I think that's stupid and that's awful. But I'm going to have to be. And so one of the things that I've been doing when I've been doing these writings and coming up with short films and web series is at first I was like... I don't want it to be a gay character. I don't think it has to be. But then I realized, oh, these, not all the stories are being told. We don't need another straight white man <laughs> as as the lead. Like, there's so many great stories. So I've actually been writing, originally when I first started writing, it was very, either the gender wasn't revealed or uh, it was like ah, i just won't talk about their sexuality but lately i've been like no i want these stories to be told this is the thing and this is this is where hollywood is at right now is that we're saying that we're trying to do better and they're trying to make these rules, but it's still the same thing. Like, what did I watch the other day? Oh, I watched, with my friend uh, we watched Scream 2, which is a great I love the the Scream movies, they're fantastic. And it starts off with Jada Pinkett, Jada Pinkett Smith and uh, uh, her boyfriend, I can't remember his name, but they're going to see the movie and I started laughing because I'm like, oh black people written by white people. (laughs) Because they were clearly saying things that in the everyday conversation would never be set. No, but it was white man written, a straight white man. Uh, actually, no, actually Scream, the Scream movies were written by Kevin Williamson, who's the gay man who wrote Dawson's Creek. So, but still, it was like, and that's the problem is that, you know, we're seeing more of these movies come out and it's like, mm, are you really the best person to be telling this story about an indigenous person?
0: <laughs> so how do we get that? How do we get there? How do we get to a point where, because I, as much as Hollywood says they're changing,
1: it's let's be honest, still they're not. way behind. It, be, 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 because their way of going and changing is they're showcasing the small little things they're doing. So it's like, look at this new Apple TV series starring Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon, two strong women. But it's like okay, two well, it's just two strong white women. Two strong white women, um, and I know this is like there's a part of it that's like great, just another two white guys talking about how to fix the problem, um, but but the but we can't just keep showcasing one little small step. Like we need to move past this, and like. It kind of—and I, I and this is the problem, and we've kind of touched on this as when you asked about are you a gay Canadian or a Canadian gay man, is when—do we need all these articles to say, out actor cast in this? Yeah. Why can't we just say, Matt Bomber cast in this? <laughs> well, and that's the other thing, too, right? It, we've come— so-
0: <laughs> gay men let's be honest we're talking about that because we are two gay men but gay men who come out who are celebrities I find those articles ridiculous yeah I I don't understand like don't get me wrong okay it's great that everyone comes out it's great that we have visibility but at
1: the same time why why do we need to come out why do we why can't we just live our lives the way that and this is the thing and everybody always says that they're always like well, like, why do you, like, you know, talking about that Uber experience, well, like, well, why do you have to come out? I'm like, because, well, I don't have to, but we're making it a little big deal. And I should be able to just casually name drop. Oh, I went on this date with this guy and people just without the world like coming to an end but but there is this world that it's like oh like people have to take this moment and they're like oh well it doesn't matter I'm like no it doesn't matter (laughs) but there was this moment of pause (laughs) well and that's the thing because when
0: uh, my husband and I got married it was kind of news in the province and across Canada and uh, the hate mail that him and I both received about well you don't need to do that and oh if marriage is marriage why do we need to say it and I was like well we didn't want to but at the same time we see the kids who are trying to come out now right and this was that was my one moment of activism (laughs) that was it I did it I did my 15 minutes of fame let's move on yeah so I look at it and I say okay we, we are now in a culture where we have to come out everyone who's gay who has to come out but at the same time I'm sitting there going why so back to acting yeah the great thing um in Calgary, do you find yourself, when you're talking to your agent, they say, oh, we have a great gay part for you. And you say, no, I don't want that. I want just a normal part. I just want... Give me a part that you'd send someone else. Like yeah. Another white man.
1: No, I definitely... I, I get a good mix of things. Okay. And I get... Basically, it's just that mold that's like... <laughs> I can f- play 20 to 30 or whatever. So they just kind of send me that, which is great. Okay. Um, and, and is there anything that you've done in the last few months that's coming out that you want to talk about?
0: Or, is, are you, or
1: can you talk I, about? I don't know what I'm allowed to talk about. That's a good question. <laughs> I feel like I probably sign non-disclosure agreements, but then I forget. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to hear. Um, nothing too major. Um, just a little, some, some little background work on a couple shows. I get to, I, but when I was in Toronto, I was a Nazi soldier real fun <laughs> feel good day um, yeah. and then recently I was also an extra as a Vietnam soldier so it was funny like it was like telling people like, I was like I've gone to war twice now I was like but don't worry this time I was a good guy so was, like oh wait it was a Vietnam war I don't think I was a good guy <laughs> well depending on which side you're looking at right yeah. um, so that's been fun and this is what's great it's like ha 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 fooled ya I'm a soldier but I'm gay <laughs> <laughs> and it's not gonna be- be saying gay Nazi <laughs> yeah. soldier because I hope it
0: doesn't. Because I guarantee you, there wasn't that many of those out there.
1: There probably wasn't, but somehow my credit will say that. Oh, God. <laughs> As the credits roll back, and Nazi. Craig McFarland is gay Nazi soldier. What? <laughs> what? There was no context to that. <laughs> exactly. I marched
0: in a row. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah. Um, so besides the film acting, you also do stage acting, if I'm not mistaken,
1: correct? Yeah, yeah. So it was just um was I couldn't find of... any
0: information about that. No. All I know is when I looked through your social media, I was like, hey, he does stage acting, yeah. so let's talk about it. So
1: I just did um I was Sheriff Woody in a Toy Story, you... which is not a ripoff of Toy Story. <laughs> oh, oh, it was called a toy story. It was a toy story. <laughs> okay. And it was um it was at Heritage Park for the Halloween nights there. Uh, so we did it was four nights and we did twelve shows. Over the four nights. Um, But uh, it was Sheriff Woody and Bo and Rex go to this new thrift shop, and there is like a couple raggedy andals and GI Fairy Joe, who had his legs ripped off and replaced with ballerina legs, so he wants to melt Rex down um, to make new legs for himself okay Uh, so it was like a 25 30 minute show um, and it was a lot of fun it was great because I'm up there and just got to be Woody which is just I mean this iconic character and larger than life Um, played a straight cowboy You never know I'm in love with Bo I don't get it uh, but So it, what do you prefer though Do you prefer the film acting Or do you prefer the live audience Do so you feed off the audience I do I, It's great Well So when I went so my nieces and nephews All came to see me As Aww. Sheriff Woody Which is great I love being an uncle It's my favorite thing um, And so Fun fact They actually don't know My name is Craig My f- nickname growing up As a kid Was Boo Bear So My siblings and my dad still call me Boo. If you look in all their phones, there's no Craig listed. It's Boo. Um, so my nieces and nephews only know me as Uncle Boo.
0: Okay.
1: But uh, it was great because I got out of the box as the show starts every night. Um, every performance, I get out of this box and the lights come on and I see the crowd. I'm like, oh, howdy, y'all. And uh, my four-year-old nephew goes, hi, Uncle Boo. <laughs> I was like... Okay, that's great. (laughs) First of all, thank you. Let's continue to (laughs) this. All right, so need to explain. The kids did not understand. They were really confused. They all, uh, most of them, had been to Disney before, um, but they and they've seen little plays, but they've never seen Uncle as Woody. So they were really. My three year old niece was just like, I don't understand you're saying it's Woody but it's Uncle Boo. So <laughs> it was a lot. But what I loved about that and going back to your question was that like when you do a play or when I host trivia or do when I try stand up or MC the response is immediate. Whereas when you do a movie or TV show whatever it may be You do it, and you kind of forget about it for a while. It's, like, months later, and then someone's like, oh, and then you run into someone like, oh, I saw that, and it was great, it was fantastic. But when you're on a stage, you're immediately getting the laughs, and you're immediately getting the applause, and it's just, like, it's fantastic, because it's, like, right then and there, and you're like, this is what I need to survive. Um, And you know if something's going well or not. So what what would you prefer? Um... Make money, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> make money. Uh, make money and then make money. No, I, you know, I really like being on stage. And that's one of the things I like about doing the podcast is like being right then and there with this person and getting the response back. Um, so I think I enjoy, and I also like doing my podcast because I'm the boss. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of being the boss. But yeah. Uh, Tony Danza, who's the <laughs> boss? <laughs> Gates, Judith Light. <laughs> there you go, sorry. I only saw the show once, so I don't know. <laughs> it was great. I used to watch it before school. Um, people are like, how old is this guy? <laughs> I was like, I was watching Power Rangers. <laughs> I used to <laughs> watch Power Rangers. Um, <laughs> there's so, a whole other story that I won't even go into. Well, oh, oh, I, uh, I feel like we need to tell the story. Okay. Now, I don't know what the story is, but we need to tell the story. So there was a point in my life before school you're going to tell us right now I'm you wanted tell to be a Power I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Ranger it's not, well I wanted to be a Power Ranger I used to dream about being a Power Ranger but before school I used to watch Garfield for a while yep. it was like a year or two where Garfield was on like right before I left
0: I you were going to say a year or two ago
1: so I was I was t- uh, what year is it I was 11 and I wanted to watch Garfield and I'm like getting ready for school. I'm like, why the fuck isn't Garfield on yet? I was like, why is the news still going? Oh my God, I just want to watch Garfield. I'm so confused. And then my older brother comes upstairs and he's like, do you guys see what's happening? I was like, yeah, Garfield's not on. And it was... This is going to be really bad. Okay, Are you going to say, say September 11th? <laughs> it was September 11th. Uh, <laughs> I was an 11-year-old kid. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> then I get to school and everyone's talking about it. I was like, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and years. then I learned about terrorist attacks. There you go. <laughs> this is oh. the way my brain works. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Did not see that. <laughs> no, I know. It's great. It's great. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know how to
0: go. I on, I, but, I don't know either. So... Uh, The last topic I want to talk about is something that happened on October 18th this month. Yes. Pat's Concert. Uh, Pat's Concert. So what is Pat's Concert? Because I tried to get some information, but all your post was like, we need donations. (laughs) So I was like, okay, let's just talk to the person himself.
1: So, What is Pat's Concert? Pat's Concert was... uh, I guess you should say was. um, Was the first of its its kind. And other people have done things like this. The the first event of it. So it was the first ever Pat's Concert. Um, It was a way to, A, get my name out there for the podcast a bit more, but more importantly, all the proceeds from the event went to um, Hospice Calgary's Children's Grief Center. So we had three great performers. We had Sonia DeLeo, Jordan Moe and uh, Robert Adam all perform and we had a few silent auction items and it was $10 at the door and 100% of the proceeds went to Hospice Calgary's Children's Grief Center. So I chose that weekend and I chose the Hospice Calgary Children's Grief Center because when I was 10 years old uh, I lost my mom to cancer and it was pretty shitty. It was awful, as you can imagine. But what's come from it is me wanting to help others and realizing that others have to go through the shit. So, I, the Hospice Calgary, it, my mom passed away at Rosedale Hospice and it's a great place. The volunteers are amazing and if people don't know what hospice is. It's basically More of a home than a hospital. They've got all the same stuff going on, but it looks like... It's actually... Rosedale Hospital specifically was a big home. And uh, it's a place for people to go as they're about to die. And so they're not trapped in the hospital. So it was a great place to be. And they were fantastic. And the day she passed away was October 22nd. And there was uh, all my siblings. I've got four siblings. My dad was there. My grandparents aunts, uncles, cousins. There was like 30 to 40 of us crammed into the small room, spent the whole day with her until she finally passed away. She was in a coma for the day. But uh, the hospital staff was amazing. And then back in June, they officially launched the Children's Grief Center, which is for any type of loss. So it doesn't matter if it's cancer. It's also suicide or car accident, whatever it may be. And I just knew that I had to help support this uh, because it's... Basically how I tell people about it And why this is important And why the center is important Is because She passed away I went to school I, We took the week off My class knew about it The teachers actually sat them down And did end up telling them um, And when I got back It was fine It was good And they were there Supportive Like these kids were great but they didn't know exactly what I was going through, and they didn't understand. It. And then we moved the year later, and I had to then tell people all over again. But I wouldn't always tell people. It was hard as a kid. Like people would, people always say, "Oh, your mom" or something like that, whether it be an adult or a kid. And so, just like coming out, I was like, I don't, I don't want to be the kid who. Has to come out saying that my mom's dead, that I don't have a mom. Um, so the Children's Grief Center is a great place for these kids to go be around other kids who are going through what they're going through and can understand. And if they say things like, oh yeah, I didn't get like much sleep last night because like, mom had to go to the hospital, you know, I couldn't say that as a kid because people, other kids in grade four don't understand that. <laughs>
0: Raise a subject, that, uh, question in my mind that I want to ask, and I don't know how to properly ask this. So, perfect, ask, perfect. So this is why I, you're the host today. <laughs> if I ask and it comes off insensitive, I apologize. Cool. cool. When that was going on. Is that the moment in your life when you said, I need to start entertaining my family because I need to cheer them up? I need to start making, laughing and
1: making more joy in the world because my family's just gone through this tragic incident. It was a huge changing point for me. I do remember us actually being in, so my dad woke us all up. um, And at the time I was sharing a room with my younger brother, who's two years younger than me. So I was 10 and he was eight. And I woke up, um, and I could hear my sister crying in her room. And my dad was like, I'm going to go get the other boys. Um, and so he came into our room, and he was exhausted, you could tell. And he said, we're going to go say goodbye to Mom. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> As a 10-year-old, I said, fuck. By yeah. way. <laughs> um, and so he left, and we're getting changed. And my little brother was like, oh, I can't wait to see like, Mom. And I was like, oh, shit, I have to be the one. So I was like, we're going to say goodbye to her. She's, she's died. Then we went upstairs and then my dad like told us, but, um, when we got into the car and we were driving there, it was just so silent. Your father's driving five kids to go say goodbye to this, to their mom. It's a lot. Um, but at one point I said something like, midnight a.m. or p.m. I don't understand like because it changes over like what is exactly <laughs> and my one brother's like oh Craig so you're just trying to distract yeah. and 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 you know I can be again you know going back in that kooky Craig um, but I th- feel like a lot of people don't realize or if you haven't experienced it yet is that I know when to be appropriate and when to be inappropriate and I've kind of realized that Need to be inappropriate and make those jokes sometimes, like to help because people. laughter is so fucking important and people always forget about it. Like, there's so many great movies out there, um, and we talk about those movies all the time, but we tend to forget about the comedies. And that's the one that, like, you can go in for an hour and a half and just forget about things, and it's fantastic. And, and it's kind of one of the things I've done is that I'm like, all right, I'm going to gonna, I'm gonna remind people that there's laughter and there's beauty in the world. And that's been my big thing is, like, there's so many great things going on right now. There's so many wonderful, beautiful things. Let's talk about that. Let's showcase that. So, you know, um, f- for example, this past – so – You know, this election, I did not vote conservative. (laughs) I don't believe in Wexit. I think it's ridiculous. (laughs) Send all the hate mail you want to pass some time (laughs) with Craig at gmail.com. But um, so the election happened. And then the next day was the anniversary of my mom's death. And I posted about it. And I had all these like messages and, and people liked it like, liked it in the social media sense. Not like, yes. yeah, she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's always the hard part of that social media, know, right? right? It's like, yeah. oh. Wait, was what's the some... appropriate one to do? <laughs> yeah. But, There's no, like, sad face, you know, like, you know. like. Yeah. So, we had all, I had all these people, and um, so I didn't post anything... Um, after the election, after like Trudeau, because I choose Trudeau over sheer sheer, as everybody should. <laughs> um, but I didn't post anything. I knew that I have, fam- I know I have family um, and some friends who definitely voted conservative and feel that that's, and they've felt like they're screwed over, and they they probably are entertaining the idea of Brexit but I made a status saying this is what's going on in the world, guys. I know you guys voted differently than I did, and I know we have different views on things, but you were there for this this child who was grieving the loss of his mother 19 years later and just was having a day because we're humans. That's what should matter. Um, and, I mean, it, I know it's tough because, like, how can you – be friends or family to support people who are voting to take things away from you um, as a human and, and they're voting thinking money wise, but we are all just freaking human and, and, and social media is awful and great, but it's awful because you're getting in fights with these people. And this is what I said to them. I was like, look, you know, you know me, and and i and i said this about the over thing i don't want to be the poster child for 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 gay rights but you know if you don't understand what i what lgbtq community is going through but you know me i guess i can do that for you yeah so when you go and fight with someone on facebook They also may have just lost their mom or it's the anniversary of it or they're getting a bad divorce or they're being sexually harassed at work. Like we don't know these people, but we came for this human connection. That's the whole point of social media is it's supposed to be this human connection connecting us. But it's becoming so negative so quickly, so quickly. And people are. And and that's the other thing is that I know That when I go see my family over the couple weeks for our big Christmas party, like, we're not going to talk politics. They know (laughs) not to bring it up with me because they know that we're not going to have these things. You know what? I've just started unfollowing. I still am friends with these people, but I'm like, clearly, I don't want to see that stuff, and you don't want to see my stuff. good old mute. (laughs) But you're my uncle. (laughs) Yeah. It would be a bigger issue if I unfollowed you and unfriended you at the same time. Yeah, exactly.
0: So... Yeah. So the question then, to wrap this all up, what does the future hold for Craig (sighs) McFarland?
1: World domination, I'm hoping. (laughs) Much (laughs) as I'm trying to showcase that I'm trying to bring this all together, it's really because I want to overtake everybody. (laughs) Exactly. The world would be a better place if it was just dogs. Let's just throw that out there. No, humans are great. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I... I'm assuming continue doing the podcast. yeah. I'm going to continue with the podcast. We've planned it out, so by the end of the year, like our last episode of the year will be episode 40. So we've got 40 episodes per year. in 2019, um, and then we're going to take a quick little break just to regroup and then go bigger and better for season two. But you know, I just love entertaining people. Uh, I want to continue with that, and I'm. I'm trying to do more to help others because that's the biggest thing is these things that I believe in and help. And I'm trying to showcase... One of the things that I do, like... Um, so the hike for hospice as I do every year this past year I actually got to be the client ambassador um, which was awesome I gave a speech and kind of raised some more awareness and gave people a face of what they're going through yeah. um, but I'm trying to use my voice to help others but one of the things that I do is I've had a few like done um, this Center for Suicide Prevention like 5k uh, back in September and uh, yeah the hike for hospice so I'll do a tip night where all my tips Revival, I tell everybody are actually going go to this because there's a lot of things going on in the world, and there's a lot of great worthy organizations and charities, but people feel like they can't donate because they don't have the money because they can't donate twenty bucks. If everybody donates a dollar to something, like a dollar goes a long ways. Yeah. So this is kind of what I'm doing is trying to help showcase like what we can do to help. And uh, Pat's concert, I told Sonia and Jordan and Robert like. You guys are using your talent to raise money. So, like, use what you can, use your resources. If you can knit, go knit something and donate it to In From the Cold or something. So I'm, I, I've become more of an activist than I thought I was going to be. I did not really picture that. Okay, so you,
0: we live in a society that you want to become an activist. You're doing great things for great causes. There's a lot of causes out there, and and I said the last question was going to be the last question, but (laughs) I have an issue with donating to causes sometimes, because you never know how much of your donation is actually going to go to the cause, and how much is going to go to the back end, the day-to-day operations, the managers, the workers, so... That's where I balance. So how do you ensure that what you're doing is going to the right cause, going to the right –
1: the amount is going to the right situation? No, I totally get that. And, um, you know, it's – Doing my research, and that's the other thing, is people need to do their research. Um, It's not that hard to kind of figure something out. Yes, they do have to cover some costs. And with the Children's Grief Center, because it just opened in June, and they're like, right now, it's it's very volunteer-based. And they have the people who work there, um, a lot of funded by the government as well, which is great. Who knows what's happening anymore, though. Sure. But... They are in the process of, like, renovating the center that they used to have, which was just, like, offices. And there was a few, like, hangout rooms. But they're really trying to renovate that and make that be a space. And then, you know, you've got that happening there. And so right now it's kind of been we're donating money to fix this place up and make it be this Children's Grief Center Um But yeah I mean a lot of them Is figuring out You know Doing this research When it comes to like Animal organizations Um Or You know Different Cancer societies Seeing what it is So When my family had it uh, For 10 years We had the Pat McFarlane Cancer Research Foundation And We called it The Research Foundation We donated all the money Um To the Canadian Cancer Society We raised over Over the 10 years We raised over A quarter of a million dollars Um And uh, it was my family, so it was, like, volunteer-based. And uh, there was some, you know, costs that had to be covered. Like, we had a big gala, um, but we kept it as, like, minimal as possible. But uh, we specifically put that money and said it was going to research because that's what we wanted to do. We Like, there's so many aspects of Canadian Cancer Society and... You know, so we're like, let's go for research because if we donate this money, it's going to buy equipment. It's going to be able to do test subjects, whatever it may be, to help find a cure. Like, it wasn't just, like, blanketed, just go to the Canadian Cancer Society because there is different aspects and different things going on. Um, so, really, it comes down to research. And I can do it. You can do it. Yeah. <laughs> we've got the computers. We've got Google. <laughs> we got Google, but just don't trust Wikipedia. Yes. All. Don't <laughs> trust Wikipedia. It's the worst thing ever. <laughs> no. God, anyone can change that i know it says i'm a dictator <laughs> <laughs> are you a <laughs> little bit a little bit greg thank you very much for doing this thank greatly you appreciate it. uh we ran over about
0: five minutes but i'm okay with that if you are okay with, I'm that. Cool so with that greatly appreciate it thanks very much thank you and thank you very much yet again to our guest today and to you the listeners Uh, as I've said in the past without listeners we wouldn't be able to do this podcast so thank you very much if you haven't already like us on Facebook like us on Twitter follow us on Instagram Uh, just we want to get our word out that we're just starting an open conversation, an open and honest conversation with everyone. Uh, we're trying to get away from the 140 character tweets and start that conversation. So thank you very much once again, like us, subscribe to our podcast, share it with your friends and family, start that conversation yourself, just get out there and start talking, get out from behind the keyboard and enjoy this community because we're all different and we all have great stories to tell. So with that, you've been listening to the Cross Border Interview Podcast, a subsidiary of Miranda Brown and Associates Incorporated. Thanks very much and have yourself an excellent week.